Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, we're going to talk a little more Summer League. Wolves-Kings, the Wolves lost again on Thursday, but we'll talk about Josh Mina and DJ Cart and how they both continue to impress. Plus, an additional rumor, or I should say a new rumor about Carl Anthony Towns and the New York Knicks, why the Knicks may not be interested in Cat, and also some final details on the new Wolves, on the rookie contracts, and what that means for the Wolves' salary cap and books moving forward. It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. And a big thank you for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find Locked On Wolves. You can, uh, as I said, watch on YouTube. You can also watch on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app, which can be found both on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. This show, along with all the other Minnesota Locked On podcasts, can be found there. More great local sports coverage, 20 24-7, and it is absolutely free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today. Again, both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon, and that's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. The Timberwolves wrapped up the preliminary round of Summer League play and, of course, uh, lost against. They're just one in three, and they'll have a Summer League finale. I believe it's Saturday afternoon. They play Charlotte, who's winless. The Wolves are one in three. Charlotte is 0-4. So that'll be how the Wolves will wrap up their time in Vegas. So I want to talk a little. I don't want to get super in the weeds on the ugly loss that the Timberwolves suffered at the hands of the Sacramento Kings Summer League entry on, uh, I guess that would have been Thursday. So it was a 93-80 loss. Not a whole lot to write home about there. Timberwolves had 22 turnovers in the game. Uh, but I want to start with how impressive both Josh Mina and DJ Cart- Carton will. And as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube along the side there, I also want to get to some cat stuff. Uh, there was a, a, a couple of smaller, smallish cat rumors and also some contract numbers that are out there with a little bit more certainty on some of the summer league, uh, sorry, not summer league, summer signings, as well as um, rookie contract signings for the Wolves. So all that on the show here today, and uh, we'll be back next week to put a bow on summer league as well. Let's start with Carton and uh, and Minot. Minot, to me, has had a, a really solid all-around summer league. And like the shooting percentages aren't great. The three-point shooting has not been fantastic in summer league. Um, but... The way that he has played has fit with exactly what the Wolves need him to do. And I talked pretty extensively about this earlier in the week. Uh, But quickly, his line from Thursday, 18.6 rebounds and uh, no steals or blocks, which obviously you'd like to see a few more of those. And we did see some more success in that regard. Most of the first two games and, and actually really game three as well, where he really showed his wingspan, anticipation, athleticism, quickness, all of those skills that Josh Minot has. He really showed out with those things in the first few games. In this particular game, offensively, he was only 6 of 16 from the floor and only 2 of 7 outside the arc. And he's had a couple offers outside the arc um, earlier in Summer League. 4 of 7 at the line. Good that he got there 7 times. Again, the 6 boards in 27 minutes are fine. You'd like to see more steals and blocks. But again, it's the feel in the half court, the ability to know when to cut, the ability to know where to cut. And those are the things. Actually, he had a quote Um, I can't remember if this was after the game. I think it was after one of the games. He had a quote uh, that was floating around Twitter, something basically that, like what I've been saying on the show that what he needs to do, and he was saying that the coaching staff 
has been telling him like, hey, you know, do all this off ball stuff. Occasionally you'll need to knock down a corner three, but you know, know your cuts, know your screen. We saw him slip screens. I think it was the second game where he slipped a bunch of screens early. I think that's how he got the Wolves. It was like a dunk to basically open the game in game two of Summer League where he went to set a screen and just slipped it um, and got a huge dunk out of it and then did it again a couple of possessions later. And Minot talked about that. Like, those are the things that the coaching staff is asking me to do. Make myself available off of slip screens. Um, you know, uh, whether it might be a pick and pop and then, you know, the, the drive to the basket. It could be just straight lobs. It could be, uh, we saw him, I talked about this in game three against the uh, the Hawks, I think it was, fading into the dunker spot off of a kind of a short roll. And then, hey, it's not there. The spacing's not there. The feel to fade towards the dunker spot and know where and when to make yourself available for a catch. Uh, and Josh Minot, to me, has showed at least, at the very least, it might not have been perfect, but quite a bit of growth in that area in Summer League. Um, and that's key. And it, like the activity level and the, the like that's helpful. And we saw that a little bit last year, the, the very limited uh, rotation minutes he got at, at the NBA level last season where he was playing defense at the end of quarters, the Wolves trying to get a stop. There were a couple of other games where he got some rotation minutes, and the activity was great on defense. But to be able to to put him in there offensively, not have him be a clear net minus, if he could just be an adequate offensive player by virtue of knocking down a, a corner three, one out of every three-ish times that he gets the opportunity, you know, a couple lob dunks, be, wreaking some half, havoc in transition, um, those are the things, if he could do those things, he's good enough defensively and on the glass. I talked a minute ago about those passing lanes he was jumping against the Hawks the other day. We saw a little bit more of that uh, or a little bit of that really throughout Summer League to this point. So those are the types of things we have to keep seeing from Josh Minot for him to to keep himself as a rotation player. And Chris Finch has pretty much said like, hey, we think he could do things for us right now on the floor. Like he said those types of things. And in my mind, this has been a successful summer league. Yes, you'd like to see a couple more threes made. You'd like to see a little more comfort level with the ball in his hands. But to me, he's almost a year behind where Jaden McDaniels was. And they're certainly not the same player. It's not quite apples to apples. But remember Jaden McDaniels after his first year in the league, in the NBA. Um, and of course, a little different situation, right? He was a, a played significant minutes in the Pac-12, was a first-round pick that a lot of people thought could have been a lottery pick. Minot was a bench player for Memphis, you know, playing the AAC or whatever they play in. And, um, you know, second round pick, low expectations, didn't see a ton of run as a rookie, whereas McDaniels played a lot as a rookie. But going into that summer league between his first and second NBA season, the Timberwolves coaching staff wanted to see McDaniels create for himself and others, wanted to see him with the ball in his hands in the half court. And that's not the mission for Josh Minot. Josh Minot, to me, is about where McDaniels was offensively in his rookie season. And we all know how raw he was. So, for Minot, it's more about the again the activity level, the the um you know the discipline on the defensive end of the floor and on the glass, and then whatever he could do to be a net neutral in my mind offensively, be in the right place at the right time, knock down open shots when given the opportunity, etc. And I think for the most part, Minot showed the ability to do that. Leonard Miller had a bit of a quieter game at least offensively, and this one only one assist to three turnovers. Uh, four of 11 shooting, didn't make a three, only got to the line a couple times. He did have 11 boards, which it was good to see him more active on the glass in just 21 minutes. So not a whole lot to say about him. I think clearly he's ready to play at the NBA level defensively 
And uh, for him, he's going to have the ball in his hands more offensively. It's just a matter of how effective can he be. We've talked a lot about that the last couple of days. By the way, it was also good. I don't have a ton to say about Wendell Moore Jr. because I think he basically was what we expected. Maybe a little more aggressive going to the basket than I would have thought. But good to see him play after missing the last couple of games. He played in games one and four of Summer League. 13 points on three of seven shooting. Five of seven at the line, which is great. Two of three outside the arc. A couple of assists. So good for Wendell Moore. Um, But... DJ Carton came off the bench in this one, and for the second straight game, led the Wolves in minutes, played 30 minutes in this one, nine points on four of seven shooting, got to the line three times, nine assists to four turnovers, and came away with three steals, which is like, I think he's had multi-steal games in every summer league game, if I'm not mistaken. He's had a couple big three or four steal games, and I continue to be impressed by him, and, and the fact that he's the leading minutes getter in games three and four of summer league tell me that the Wolves are seriously considering, do we give him our final two-way slot? Um, now, if nobody else does that, very likely he's back with the Iowa Wolves in the G League like he was last season. But the athleticism, um, I think the size in terms of wingspan, just the, the functional size that he has is intriguing. Um, still a little bit of an undersized combo guard and not ultra efficient offensively. But the defense and the upside offensively for me is pretty intriguing, especially as a two-way option. So I continue to say this, but keep an eye on DJ Carton. And then Fran Hunt, also 21 minutes off the bench, basically tied for third most minutes uh, for this team. Again, he, he played a lot of minutes in games three and four, ended up with 10 points, four boards, three or five shooting, four free throw attempts again, active around the rim, an active cutter, extremely good defensively. So Hunt is another one. I think Carton and Hunt are the, continue to be the two guys to watch as potential uh, signees for that last two-way spot. Okay. Um, Enough Summer League for now. We've done a lot of it this week, and we'll do more Monday. Once it's all wrapped, I'll, I'll do some key takeaways, probably Monday and Tuesday, from this last week, 10 days in Vegas. Uh, but today, I want to get into some cat stuff, just real quickly, some cat nicks, uh, I guess. Yeah, we call it a, I call it a rumor. Um, so we'll get into that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at Bird Dogs. And I'm wearing Bird Dogs right now. Once again, it was yesterday when I read this. I am now today too. Uh, I wear them almost every day. They are absolutely perfect in that they feel just like athletic shorts. It's like it's like you're wearing basketball shorts, but they look like khaki shorts. They're like, essentially stretch khaki shorts. Like you can today, I actually went to the lake today, did some fishing, wore them to the lake, wore them out to eat, now wearing them at home, doing a podcast. Um, and I'm going to wear them later when I go to, uh, I'm going to go watch a baseball game. I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear bird dogs um, all day long. You can wear your bird dogs no matter what you're doing. It's basically the same thing as Lululemon, but they actually fit way better. Most of your regular shorts and khaki shorts, uh, you know, any, any other shorts, you're going to have a stiff, restrictive kind of cotton fabric, not bird dogs. Bird dogs are absolutely comfortable. Again, they feel just like athletic shorts, but they look like khakis and you can wear them all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NBA or promo code, or excuse me, enter promo code lockdown NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. I also have one of those and it works great. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NBA with the promo code lockdown NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I can promise you that. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day as we'll be back on Monday. We're still daily, Monday through Friday, throughout the month of July. We'll, we'll wrap up Summer League and we'll get into some additional kind of free agent uh, talk, or I should say talk about recent free agent signees for the Wolves, Troy Brown Jr., Shake Milton, a bit of deeper dives on those guys that are new names and faces to the Wolves organization. So we'll do a lot of that next week. Uh, so be sure to tune back in on Monday. 
All right, uh, moving on to the Carl Anthony Towns conversation. There's a couple of kind of minor cat rumors floating out there about teams that have considered trades for him. There was a report, I forget who it was, that basically, it might have actually been the same um, podcast, but as uh, Zach Lowe's Low Post podcast on ESPN. But some talk that teams were calling the Wolves about Carl Anthony Towns on draft night, which is not a surprise. Like, obviously, teams were checking in. Um, and then there's a report that came from Ian Begley at, at SNY and, and he talked to Zach Lowe on the low post podcast with ESPN talked about the Knicks indeed checked in on towns, but basically were worried about the salary being restrictive. I think the word he used was onerous um, at this point of the contract. They felt the salary could hurt them later in the deal. And then he talked about how the dynamic could change quickly. He says, actually, here's the exact quote. This is transcribed actually over at Bleacher Report. But listen, I think obviously this dynamic can change at the drop of a dime. I do think if they love the idea of Towns right now, they could have had him. That's just my read on the landscape in general. I think that's a fantastic, fantastically interesting thing to say that Begley believes that the Wolves would have been willing to trade him to the Knicks if the Knicks had wanted him. Now, I had done that crossover episode with... Um, with uh, Alex over at Lockdown Knicks a couple of weeks ago. I think it was kind of between the uh, free agency and, and summer league. And he had, we basically decided like, hey, the Knicks can't get Towns unless there's a third team included. Now, it doesn't mean there wouldn't have been. I still think that's pretty likely uh, because the Wolves aren't going to want RJ Barrett, I don't think. Uh, again, I'll, re- I'll reset this real quickly. The Wolves are, they don't have to trade Carl Anthony Towns, right? Tim Connolly and Chris Finch want to see this thing through with Kat and with Rudy and see how things play out and are more willing to do that than they are to trade Towns for pennies on the dollar. And yes, Towns' contract becomes, I think onerous is a pretty good word, it's 52-plus million next summer, so the Wolves aren't going to be, it's not going to be easy to trade him if they want to next summer. But if they're going to trade him, like now or the trade deadline are, are a good time to do it because of the contract more than anything else. Now, again, the Wolves are in no rush to do it because they didn't get a great, a great shot at seeing how Cat and Rudy fit together this last season because of the calf injury to Cat. Um, so I like I think Connolly and Finch don't want to punt this thing already unless somebody overwhelms them with an offer. And something tells me a Knicks offer of RJ Barrett and Filler and a couple of future picks is not overwhelming enough to to punt the idea of Cat and Rudy working and admit that they were wrong last summer, sink admit to the sunk assets of all the stuff that went out to get Rudy Gobert. And sure, at some point you have to cut your losses, right? But I don't think it's yet. I don't think it's now. I think you could potentially get more for Carl Anthony Towns at the trade deadline next February than you could now. And as I've said before, and I said this, I think on Wednesday's show that I did with uh, with Kane at Lockdown Bucks, like, the, if the Wolves are, call it 500 at the deadline, Towns is gone. Like, they're going to trade Carl Anthony Towns. And I've seen now that other Folks are kind of getting on board with that. I'm seeing, uh, I think somebody in the Star Tribune said uh, Thursday, Friday in the paper, uh, basically the same thing. Like, hey, you know, it might have been Michael Rand just saying like, hey, the Towns will be traded at the deadline. Yeah, of course he will be. If the Wolves are, uh, we'll call it 500-ish, right? But if the Wolves are, I don't know how many games are before the deadline, but call it 25 and 10, they're not going to trade Carl Anthony Towns. They're going to keep rolling forward. They're not going to rock the boat. They're going to, if the fit is working and they're healthy and the record is good and they're in the top four in the West, they're going to play this thing out and figure it out when they need to figure it out next summer because the upside still with Towns and Anthony Edwards on the roster is probably far greater in the short term than it would be if they traded Towns. Long term, yeah, it's untenable. It, it is because the because of the cap situation, you're going to hit the second apron, you're going to pay luxury tax. You can't pay luxury tax in multiple years consecutively because then you're in the repeater tax. 
you can't do that. Hardly anybody would want to do that, especially not a team like the Wolves in, in, in the Twin Cities. So, yeah, if this team is struggling at the deadline, absolutely, Cat's going to be traded. But they're not in a rush to do it now because I believe that Tim Connolly firmly believes he'll get more at the deadline than he would now, and there's still the chance the whole thing works out. So it's interesting to me that, that and who knows, because this could be just classic... Uh, I don't know. I guess I don't really hesitate. I was going to say, I don't hesitate to say this at all. New York media being um, uh, overly optimistic that they can trade for players from uh, from a smaller market by Begley saying, I think if they love the idea of Towns, they could have had him. Like, oh, man, is that really true? Like, would Tim Connolly have been like, yeah, we'll take RJ Barrett in a couple of picks? I don't think so. And I don't think it, I don't know this, but I, don't, I doubt it got to the point of like, hey, we could bring in a third team and they would send these assets to Minnesota because the Wolves, they were to trade Towns now. You need, like, the the name that I mentioned to Alex from Lockdown Knicks a, a week week plus ago or whenever that was, Um, I, you know, I, I didn't want R.J. Barrett, right? I, I wanted, um you know, guys that they weren't willing to trade. Um, And, you know, if, if that's, if that's where we're at, if they want RJ Barrett, or if the if the Knicks are only willing to trade RJ Barrett, and from a salary matching perspective, there's not a whole lot a whole lot else there. Like it'd basically just be a bunch of contracts that you're kind of, you know, mishmashing together, if you will. Uh, like I, I wanted Emmanuel quickly. That's the name that I really wanted to to push on. And of course, you have Gobert. So you're not going to ask for Mitchell Robinson. If you're going to do a trade with the Knicks, you almost need a third team involved, simply from a from a salary matching perspective. And if they're like, no, we're not trading quickly, then I don't know. I think I hang up the phone unless they have a really compelling third team that gets involved. So uh, that's kind of the, that's kind of where we're at now, at least in terms of the, um, the, the Knicks piece of this thing. I, I don't know. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I tend to disagree with this, with this rumor from Begley at, at SNY. I, I don't know that this is uh, something that was, well, he never says it's close, but he said the Knicks could have had Towns if they decided that they wanted him, which just feels really, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Pompous, maybe? It just it just doesn't feel likely that that's the case. Um, all that to say, I still don't think Towns will be traded. Mostly offseason, I've said 75-25. Sorry, I don't think he'll be traded before opening night. I've said 75-25. He's on the Wolves roster opening night. Um, I've had opinions from... S- Folks such as Howard Beck that believe they'd be that would be shocked if he's on the team in 12 months. That leads me to believe it's a deadline trade or not at all. Um, and that's still kind of where I'm at. And sitting here right now, I think it's greater than 75 25. He's on the roster opening out. I would probably call it 85 15. And uh, uh, this is going to change, but sitting here right now, a trade deadline trade for me is probably 50 50. Um, it, it all depends on how the first three, four months of the season go, in my opinion. All right, let's close the show by talking, uh, kind of cleaning up some some contract conversation related to free agent signings, uh, just kind of resetting where we're at very quickly, a, a higher level overview of that. So uh, we'll do that here next. Today's episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel. Get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run in any particular game. All that is on an app that's safe, secured, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. 
All right, let's put a bow on today's show by talking a little bit about uh, recent Timberwolves news related to contract signings. Of course, most of this was reported a couple of weeks ago, but there's been uh, like Michael Scotto of Hoopsype has has kind of put together some um, some details. Uh, also, uh, who's the other? Um, yeah, Michael Scotto of Hoopsype and is it Keith Smith? Yeah, Keith Smith over at SpotRack has also kind of pieced together some additional notes related to. Uh, and I guess details related to these contracts. So we already knew that the Timberwolves had signed um, the the newcomers, Troy Brown Jr. and uh, and Shake Milton. We now know for sure that the second year of both of their deals is completely non-guaranteed, which is pretty interesting. So basically, Milton's deal, it looks like, is going to be $5 million each year. Um, and year two is completely non-guaranteed, which is the same as Torian Prince's. I don't know that we know the the date when it becomes guaranteed yet. Well, actually, here, it's on SpotRack, if, if this is accurate. Shake Milton's would be June 29th, and Troy Brown's Troy, Troy Brown Jr.'s next year is June 30th. So very similar to the Torian Prince contract this year, where the Wolves essentially have to, they just got to make the decision whether to waive the player or keep the player by that date. Um, so a little less than a year from now is when those decisions come down. $5 million for Shake Milton and $4 million for Troy Brown Jr. Gives the Wolves a ton of flexibility. It's effectively the same cap hit together as Torian Prince was this year. So they basically took that salary, split it apart, and got the same deal that they did with Torian Prince last year. Very, very smart. Both are obviously tradable contracts if the Wolves need to, for whatever reason, combine contracts for a trade at the deadline. Of course, they can't be traded till December now anyway because of the the restrictions on trading recently signed players. Um, but if there's a deadline move to be made, one or both of them could be traded at the deadline if the Wolves needed to. So I thought that was notable. Um, we also know that the Leonard Miller deal, the first two years are fully guaranteed. And then year three is partially guaranteed. It looks like it's half halfway guaranteed. So about $1.1 million on a $2.2 million deal. And then the fourth year is a full club option, a team option for $2.4 million. So two years that are fully guaranteed for Leonard Miller, a half guaranteed year in year three, and a, a club option for year four. So again, it's all about maintaining flexibility. And the Wolves, of course, knew they needed to do that. It's obviously important no matter what. But given the dollars that are now committed to Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and then um, the Nas extension, which of course is only a couple of seasons guaranteed, but it's still a couple of seasons of guaranteed money. Um, it's the next two and then the player option on on the third year, which by the way is the same year that Rudy Gobert is a player option. And then you also have the pending um, extension for Jaden McDaniels, which will be kicking in at some point. We have, I shouldn't say kicking in. We don't even know what it is yet, but there will be one, right? The Wolves will extend Jaden McDaniels. So um, that's kind of the, the the reset on those guys. And and again, I do think it's all very savvy. I think the Wolves, the way that the Timberwolves front office went about those contracts is really, really smart. Um, the, the Miller contracts and the two free agents. Also, Jalen Clark's two-way contract. It's not a one-year deal. Uh um, Keith Smith reports that it's a two-year, two-way contract, which is, of course, important because Jalen Clark is currently not on the court because of the Achilles injury he suffered in the spring at UCLA. So he probably won't play at all this year, certainly not this calendar year. Perhaps he gets on the court, does some stuff at the end of next season, but the Wolves then have the whole following year. So I think the hope would probably be maybe he practices towards the end of the season with the G League team and perhaps plays in Summer League a year from now next summer and can push for a roster spot, or um, I guess it's still a two-way spot, but um, for the ability to play significant minutes in preseason and and with the big club a year from now, fall of 24. Um, so two-way deal for Jalen Clark, the four-year 
half full guarantee, then the partial guarantee and the and the club option for Leonard Miller, and the two two year deals that have a full guarantee and then a a, a non guarantee in year two for the two Timberwolves free agent signings. Um, now, to kill Alexander Walker's contract is fully guaranteed, which had been reported at the time. That's nine million, um, and I believe that split up pretty evenly. Uh, it actually, well, according to Spotrac, it actually goes down. It's four point six this year, goes down to four point three next year. So, Nikhil Alexander Walker's is fully guaranteed for the next two seasons. Um, so, so there's that. Um, so, the Wolves maintain all that flexibility, right? Like now, now, it's all about how do they make this work this season? And how what do they extend Jaden McDaniels for? Um, and, and those are kind of the next steps for the Timberwolves front office. There's, of course, still one spot open on the roster and one two-way contract, which is why I keep bringing up DJ Carton and uh, Ferran Hunt as options for one of those, one or both of those spots for the Wolves. I'd be surprised if either of them got the the NBA uh, contract spot. There's been some rumblings. I think Darren Wolfson of KST, KSTP and Score North had reported that the Timberwolves attended some workouts for uh, NBA vets looking to make Comebacks, um, so that's always a possibility. I, I think it's more likely it's like an Austin Rivers or maybe it's a big, another big um, to kind of round out that 15-man. And then you've still got the other two-way in addition to Luca Garza and then the injured Jalen Clark. But again, my money is on either DJ Carton or Ferran Hunt getting that final two-way deal um, just just based on what we're seeing so far in Summer League. The Wolves do play again on Saturday afternoon. I think it's 1.30 Central, um, maybe NBA TV uh, out in Vegas. And that should be their final game in Las Vegas, yeah, one thirty Central uh, against the Charlotte Hornets, who are zero and four. The Wolves, of course, are one and three. So we'll talk about that on Monday's show. We'll do some overarching summer league takeaways on Monday, and then get into some other stuff throughout next week. Again, we're still daily every day throughout the month of July, and we'll still have shows for you in August as well. So make sure you're following and subscribed wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and that you can also watch on YouTube. Um, and also on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon at Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.